You can't always control whether your early season non-conference opponents are any good, but you can control how convincingly you beat them. That's what Boise State and Mississippi State have done, and their strong performances have us wondering whether it's time to upgrade expectations for the Broncos and Bulldogs. It's September 12th. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Mississippi State beat Kansas State 31-10 in Manhattan on Saturday. It was an outcome less notable for the fact that the Bulldogs won than for how utterly dominant their victory was. Led by 211 yards rushing for Kylan Hill, Joe Moorhead's team averaged nearly 10 yards per carry and outgained K-State by more than 300 yards. We've got Steve Robertson of jeanspage.com with us here now. Steve, I was expecting Mississippi State to be pretty good this year, but after a performance like that on the road against a solid Big 12 team, have expectation levels maybe gone up a notch? Well, I think maybe nationally they have. I think most of us that follow the team kind of expected them to win that ball game by a couple touchdowns. And uh, I have to admit, they were a little better defensively than, than perhaps I expected them to be in that ball game. Kansas State's such a difficult place to play. And so, First time on the road with a team that's you know got some new guys and some new spots. Expected there to be a little miscommunication. There was at times on offense, but by and large, I think they won the ball game. But I think it's really more of a surprise to the people that uh, maybe don't have a real intimate knowledge in the program. If you're looking to nitpick this performance against Kansas State, Nick Fitzgerald maybe could have had a more efficient day passing, 11 of 27 on pass attempts for him. What have you seen out of Fitzgerald early in the season, and how do you think he's going to progress as the season goes on? Well, it was his first game of the season because he sat on a suspension week one due to a uh, off-the-field indiscretion that took place back in March, and uh, it was a one-game deal. He served that. But, you know, he's coming back from a very gruesome injury, had his uh, ankle essentially snapped in half uh, in the Egg Bowl against the University of Mississippi. And so this is really the first time he's faced live action since that moment. And so there was some happy feet early in the ball game. He was a little bit erratic in his mechanics. He got a little bit better as the ball game went on, but, you know, we expect him to be a more polished passer this year than he's historically been. But some of that is just kind of Nick. He played an option-style offense in high school and really was only a starter at quarterback his senior year. So he's basically learned the nuances of the position on the Mississippi State campus. And now he's getting to know a new offense with Coach Joe Moorhead and Andrew Briners, his quarterback coach. And so there have been some changes there, but they have cleaned up some things mechanically. We've seen a better passer in practice. Uh, it's just now it's time to translate that to the game. But I think ultimately we'll, he'll get better as the season goes along. But if Mississippi State wants to be a New Year's Six Bowl team, they're going to have to get more efficiency out of the passing game, certainly. Next three weeks, State has Louisiana, Lafayette, Kentucky, and Florida. I know there will be a lot of external narrative around that Florida game, but overall, that's a pretty manageable stretch. Get through that, though, and you might be looking at a massive showdown on October 6th when Auburn comes to town. As good as the Bulldogs have looked in the first two weeks here, what are some areas you think maybe they still have some room to improve to really come in firing in all pistons uh, for that matchup against the Tigers? Well, I think they're really strong on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I think where they, they need to get better, obviously, is the passing game on offense. You know, they've got to be a little more efficient there. But you know, linebacker play has been a little bit erratic at times. And But you know the defensive front's been so good that they've – They've been able to clean up a lot of that, and backers have really not been involved in that. But in the first ball game, they had some communication issues in the secondary a little bit. They're, they're kind of thin at corner. They've got, you know, they feel pretty good about a two deep chart, but if they have an injury there, uh, there could be an issue there. So they've kind of got to clean some things up there. But 
this stretch in September, I mean, this is an opportunity, I think, you know, for State to even push possibly into the top ten just because of the fact that they should be 5-0 and at the end of the month. I mean, UL Lafayette obviously is a ball game that uh, everybody's going to be expecting to win. They're a 31.5-point favorite. They played them three times. They've never lost to them. Matter of fact, UL Lafayette's only scored three points in their program's history against Mississippi State. So that should be a win. And then on the road to Kentucky, Mississippi State's beaten Kentucky eight of the last nine years, and the one year they lost was in 2016, and it took a 51-yard last-second field goal for Kentucky to win that game at home. So they feel pretty good about that one. It's a team that got after. But that Dan Mullen game, that's uh, that's one that my concern with that ball game is the emotional toll that could take even in a win. It's because of the fact I think they kind of earmarked that ball game as kind of that first big game of the season. And then you've got Auburn the very next weekend. I'm concerned can Joe Moorhead kind of manage the emotional part of this deal, have them play with passion but not play emotionally, and be able to get up back-to-back weeks because the winner of that Auburn-Mississippi State game is probably going to be the only team that can compete with Alabama for a chance to SEC West Crown. Yeah, that's going to be an absolutely fascinating stretch of games if Mississippi State's undefeated at that point. Uh, Steve Robertson is a publisher of jeanspage.com. You can find him on Twitter at ScoutSteveR. Thanks, Steve. Boise State is up to number 17 in the AP poll after a jaw-dropping 62-7 annihilation of UConn on Saturday. We've got Kevin Hyatt of Bronco Country with us now. Kevin, in all your years watching the Broncos, have you ever seen a win as comprehensive as the one you saw on Saturday night against the Huskies? Not for a really long time, no. Uh, That was pretty dominating. Uh, There was a time when when, uh, Coach Hawkins took over and uh, they were beating teams back in the whack. And some of those were pretty good um, against San Jose State, but no, not for a number of years and they took a team apart like that. Kind of since the end of the Kellen Moore era, Boise hasn't quite been as ever-present in the conversation about crashing the national title picture. It does seem, though, that, and I know it's early, that maybe that's back in play in 2018. What's different about this team compared to some recent iterations that's allowed them to find an extra gear here? Well, you know, this is the first year that uh, Coach Harson has had his team. Uh, you know, all the recruits that are playing for him now, he recruited. Uh, he plays a different type of a game than Coach Peterson did, and so he's got his guys in. Plus, we have a, we have a good mix this year of uh, experience and leadership on the field, which hasn't always been the case uh, in the past few years. So I, I think the team this year is really showing that uh, as well. This is the first year in probably four or five years that the Broncos haven't lost either uh, one or both coordinators. So when you get that cohesiveness, that's when good things happen. Is there any aspect of Boise State's success so far that you're not quite sure if it's going to translate when they have to go on the road this Saturday to face a team of Oklahoma State's caliber? The big question mark coming into this season was wide receiver. Uh, They lost Cedric uh, Wilson last year to the draft. He's with the Cowboys now. And, uh, you know, they didn't really know who was going to step up. They've had a few guys step up at wide receiver, and that's been really good to see. Um, seems like uh, the first game they had one, this last game they had uh, two or three that had big, big games. But uh, going on the road and facing a defense the caliber of Oklahoma State, that's still something that concerns me. It's something that uh, I know Boise State fans are going to be watching. This is the first game when – the wide receiver who everybody expected to step up and be the new number one will actually play this year. 
So on top of everything else, you've got the dynamic of introducing another player into the rotation. So, uh, you know, it's a good thing, but there's also the concern that it could upset the apple cart. If Boise State does get the win against Oklahoma State, that is a pretty big resume item for them. Still not as many opportunities to build a resume as maybe you would like, but if, if Boise does win and maybe by a touchdown or two, uh, do you think there's are, are Broncos fans holding out hope that there's a chance that they'll be able to sneak into the playoffs if they run the table? Um, there's always hope, <laughs> but uh, you know the, rea- the reality is we understand our, our situation. Um, you know our conference uh, schedule isn't as strong as it is uh, for the Power Five conferences. You know we know that, um, but I mean you never know. Uh, a couple of losses to the right teams here and there. Boise State has uh, an impressive season with some impressive wins. Uh, given Boise State's history and name recognition, you know, I-, I could see a scenario where it could happen, sure. And that's what we hold out hope for. But, you know, before we can even look that far ahead, got to get past Oklahoma State. All right. Kevin Hyatt is the publisher of Bronco Country. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin underscore Hyatt. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Entering Wednesday afternoon, 21 of 22 Division I football games scheduled to take place in the Carolinas and Virginia this weekend had been either canceled, postponed, moved to an earlier time, or changed venue to avoid impact from Hurricane Florence. South Carolina versus Marshall was the last game to make a decision, with the Gamecocks eventually canceling their matchup against the Thundering Herd. For rescheduling details on each of those games, head over to 247sports.com or find our team-specific site that covers your favorite program. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast, so we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning with the biggest college football stories of the day wrapped up in a tidy 10 to 15-minute package. You can subscribe to The Morning Blitz on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.